This is episode 77 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and I'm joined today by my co-host in quarantine, Mindy Corney. Hi. Oh, hold on. Did you mute me? No, yeah. I couldn't hear you. You did mute me. <laughs> I did not mute you. I went to talk and the thing came up. It's like, you've been muted. Oh, oh rude. Did I do that? Okay, I that was know. not on purpose. Yeah, whatever. All right, here we are. Here we are again. Here we are again. We're still on Zoom and we're still having Zoom problems, apparently. Yeah. We are, I guess. That <laughs> or I'm just like officially on mute in your Zoom, which is fine. Well, I'm the host of the meeting, so that means I can mute you at any time, really, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Clearly. How are things going in your home these days? (laughs) Just doing a little social-emotional check-in. I appreciate that. Um, I I guess things are going as well as they can go. I mean, every so often, tensions rise with the kids or yeah. with my wife or oh, whoever or with so, you i'm sure she me. feels the same way about yes. you mm-hmm. i think everybody gets on everybody's nerves a little bit you get a bit of cabin fever and things like that now and again but for the most part i'm pretty proud of my kids for yeah. you know handling this really well i know yeah. there are a lot of kids that get really emotionally upset and distressed about yeah, things right. that are going on in the world and i'm right. happy to say my kids are not in that spot right now, we managed to keep them distracted or going with enough things around the house. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? Yeah, everything's going really well here. Um, yeah, I, me too. Like my, um, you know, husband is um, still going into work every day and he said something like, hey, I just thought maybe I'd come home for a day and try and work from home and just give you a break. And I said, like, <laughs> I... I always want a break, but I'm really good. Like the kids have been awesome. They've been very independent in their schoolwork so that I'm getting work done in the morning and they're getting their work done in the morning. And they are, you know, I always say how well my kids get along. They play together all day, every day. So, and they're not really fighting. They did fight over the TV this morning for a little bit, but it's been really good. Um, so, and I know how lucky I am. I am constantly, um, reminded how lucky I am. So I don't know. Quarantine is it's this this is a crazy time, but I've really enjoyed the time with my family. So Yeah, and I don't know if we um said this in the last episode, so uh forgive me if I did and we can edit this out later. But yeah. uh the governor of Iowa has officially closed schools until the end of the end of the school year right now. Right. Right. Yep. So schools are now in this for the for the remainder of the school year. And, you know, I think that's changed the tone a little bit in terms yeah. of how people are approaching this. And now we've got people starting to think about um, what if this comes back in the fall and the winter? Yeah, right. We need to right. gear up a little bit here and make sure we're prepared for that, too. Yeah, it's definitely game day for the digital learning team. That is for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now we're earning our money. <laughs> yeah, that is right. That is Which right. Which kind of and it kind of brings us into some of what we're talking about today, I guess. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Should we jump in with our news and follow up? Yeah, let's do it. So last time on the EdTech Takeout, we talked a little bit about Zoom and how that just kind of appeared out of nowhere and suddenly everybody was Zooming and and all that good stuff. And that was right. as much as a surprise to Zoom as anybody else. But, yeah, right. Uh, people have been uh, jumping on that bandwagon too and Google has rolled out a ton of new things to yeah, try sure. and compete with Zoom. 
So first one on the list here is uh, one I actually talked to Stella Pollard about this morning on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's the uh, present high quality video and audio in Google Meet. Mm-hmm. So this is a new option you'll see under the present tab. Right. And um, it will give you the option to do what's called present a Chrome tab. And I think the idea here is that, you know, normally when you would, uh, if you wanted to share a video with your Google Meet group, everybody would just hear it through the speakers on your device Mm -hmm. and not natively on their device. But if you present through a Chrome tab, everybody hears it through their own speakers as if they were playing the video, basically, and had better video and audio quality on that one. Yeah, I played with this um, this morning just for a minute because I have it. And you can turn off. It looks like to me like you could turn on that presentation audio, turn it on and off. Like there's mm. a toggle switch too. So um, I don't really know what that means. I mean, I guess I don't really know what that means. But I was like, huh, why, why would you toggle it on and off? Like aren't you clearly wanting to use your presentation audio? But maybe not. So yeah i know i don't know either i I think there's also the option if you want you know you're just presenting one tab that maybe you as the teacher could have another tab open and looking at that tab but everybody else is still seeing the one tab you're presenting from so if you were just you know checking on what's coming next or you had some notes on another tab or something Mm -hmm. you might be able to use it for that too yeah, I'm super curious how well that worked. I know um, my son has told me that um, when the teachers try and play video in Zoom, it doesn't work very well. And I said, well, did you tell them? And he said, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, maybe they don't know. Like, maybe it's playing yeah. really well in their Zoom and they don't understand that it's not, that it's super glitchy and the sound is super yucky. So, like, no, what you, your teachers don't know unless you tell them that, Tate. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they they can't hear us on the other end of their yeah. you know of their screens. Yeah, so. so I'd be curious if people are using that in Google Meet or in Zoom, how well it is. You know, how well is video? Or make sure you're asking your students how well is this video playing on your end. So yeah, it's it's like that. Can you see my screen thing that you yeah, should always right. probably say because yeah. I know I did that this week and I was presenting something and people were like, hey, you know, we can't see your screen, and I'm like, oh yeah, uh, uh, sorry oh, yeah, about right. that. Um, let me <laughs> yep. Let me backtrack here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, another update here is uh, Google has added the tiled layout view to Google Meet, where you can now see up to 16 Google Meet participants at once. Mm -hmm. However, Mindy has a hot tip for this too. Well, maybe I do. I mean, I've heard about this, and I know that our team shared it um, recently when they were doing a webinar around Google Meet, and there is a Google Meet grid view extension um, I have not used it because I'm not a Google Meet user per se, um, but it is supposed to allow you to, I guess, see all of your um, participants in your Google Meet. I can't imagine that there's not some sort of like max on that, but mm. um, it says all of them. So it's just an extension that you add to your browser, I believe, and you're good to go. So if you're going to use that one, give it a shot. I um, I know it was like... People were really talking about it quite a bit, probably, well, maybe, I don't know, was it two, three weeks ago? Um, but I thought I would just mention it. and Because, um, like, 16 kids, you probably have sixteen more than 16 kids in your class. So, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I looked up the max for Zoom, and I think they're at 49. But oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to be in a Zoom call with 49 other people. If Oh, my gosh. It's like, that sounds like know, my worst nightmare. I barely um, want to be in Zoom with four people. <laughs> I mean, webinars are different, I guess. But, you know, that's, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, another uh, update for Meet is low light mode enhancements which are coming to mobile devices right now and the web soon, which means, you know, your webcams are are never great on laptops, it seems like. I mean, even I was reading about this on the new MacBooks that just came out recently. People were saying, yeah, they're amazing, they're fast and all the rest, but they still have crappy webcams. And um, Google's using some AI software to um, make low-light webcams a little bit better. Hmm. Well, I would definitely say the Zoom camera is better... I mean, the video quality is better on Zoom than it is in Google Meet. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, right it now? can be, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. also have that uh, beauty mode, which uh, lots of people at our agency like. Yours it's truly, a, yours the, truly. The skin smoothener and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Takes off about 15 years, folks. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I could use this next one, though, in Zoom, though. It's the Google Meet noise cancellation, okay. which is rolling out to the web right now, too, and coming to mobile soon. Um, that means that, you know, background noises where dogs are barking or kids are running around or, or yeah. all that good stuff that we have right now. Yeah. Um, Google Meet noise cancellation, they're kind of cutting out some of that background noise. Mm, that's nice. Uh, what else we got? Oh, you've seen the um, join a Google Meet from Gmail. Yep, I just got it yesterday. Yeah, usually the, you go to your Gmail and there's a little pop-up that appears on the screen that says, hey, you can now start or join Meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Which any... Nice big um feature improvement but yeah it's just maybe one less click for people i suppose the advanced (laughs) features the the premium features that schools are getting right now have been extended until september 30th yep uh so we have a bit longer with those larger group meetings and those Mm -hmm. recordings into drive and and all that good stuff you get from there and last but not least, on the Google Meet updates, I saw this just this morning while I was yeah. having my breakfast. Um, you will soon be able to use Google Meet with a Gmail account because right now it is uh, restricted to G Suite accounts for business or education. Which I don't think I remembered that. So when I saw it, I saw it today too, and I was like, "Oh, wow, really?" I, <laughs> yeah, I had no I know. idea. Yeah. And so I guess maybe that's, again, trying to keep up with your Zooms and your Skypes and stuff like that, sure. that anybody can use those. They don't need a work account for those. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, makes sense. Okay. Everybody needs it right now, Everybody even if they're not using it. Google tools. Yeah, right. Do you want to do these last two uh, Google updates on here or not? Um, sure, why not? We've got the Google Sites template gallery coming back. Right where you can uh, choose like a template for your website. So they come mm-hmm. out with some, they've also got announcement banners and things like that, where you can, you know, have that banner up on your screen saying, yes, our school is closed right now and we'll be mm-hmm. back in September and <laughs> and all that good stuff. If you have things like that on there, um, mm-hmm. everybody has those COVID-19 banners on their websites right now. That's right. Yep. And time to update all your screenshots Ugh. because... Ah! There is a new sharing dialogue window for Drive, Docs, Sheets, Slides, and Forms on the way. Uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I don't think there's any additional features here. They're just no. tweaking how it looks yes. and how you do things. So instead of like can view, it says viewer. Yes. <laughs> instead of can comment, it says commenter. Uh huh. Really? 
I have to change all my screenshots just for that. But yeah, what there's is? the Google Handbook. That's your, your yeah. next week taken care of. <laughs> so annoying. Oh well, it does look more streamlined. Looks updated. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure, it was an important thing to do right now, Google. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Up next, serve to you, piping hot. The main course for this week is a Zoom versus meat rumble. Whoa. Play a little Rocky. Are you ready to rumble? I don't know. I, um, I do feel like this. Um, well, first of all, a shout out to Stephanie Roberts. My best friend, she was like, hey, what do you guys think about doing an episode and kind of explaining to me the difference between Zoom and Google Meet? Can you talk a little bit about the differences? And I was like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Why not? I feel like that's a question we've kind of gotten from people, you know, like, why why would I use one over the other? Or if you have school districts that are trying to decide which tool to use or which one is best. We're hoping we can kind of talk about the differences, especially around security, because that really is the most important thing, right? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there are some stories going around, and I've been on several Zoom or Meet calls with different sure. administrators who have said, yeah. I heard about this teacher in this yeah. district, and this happened, and it's like, yeah, that's that's terrible. That should not happen. And But this is back in my mind. I'm thinking, you know, there are ways to prevent right. that from happening. So right. we're going to talk about some of those today for sure. Yeah. And I think some of the problem is, is that people, I mean, you don't really think that something like that is going to happen. It's not something that even enters your mind. So yeah, for sure. I mean, some of these security features were already in Zoom. It's just that people probably didn't have them enabled or know why you would use them. So um, I don't know. Looking at the list, I'm not sure that there's a ton of those that are brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we're going to talk a little bit about why you might turn them on or what the purpose of them would be. Do you want right. to start with Meet or Zoom? Yeah, no, let's start with Meet because I know nothing. So give me all of the things about Google Meet. Well, here's some of the things I've learned about Meet over the last month okay. or so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, first one is an important one, I think, and that's that Google Meet meetings can only be joined by people in your domain. Now, there was a thing with uh, Zoom bombing going around where people right. were guessing the code to get into your meeting right. and, and jumping in. And we can talk about right. how to fix that later. But with Google yes. Meet, you, it doesn't matter if you guess the code to get in the meeting. You physically have to have an email address from your school domain in order to join that meeting. Or at least right. that's, the, that's the default setup. Right. You know, I've joined a few uh, meet meetings from other school districts, mm-hmm. and that can happen if they invite me through uh, the calendar event. Oh, okay. Or if after the meeting has started, somebody sends me a link, uh, the host sends me a link what? after the meeting and Ugh. invites me by email personally. Yuck, but so, okay. Yeah, yep. so people without an invite can request to join if they have the mm-hmm. link, but they yeah. have to be approved. Which, you know, like in our setting, that's a total royal pain in the... But, you know, within a school district, it makes sense, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Be- 
because right. we work with different school districts and yeah. all the rest, and we would have to, you know, make sure everybody goes had permissions and rights to join all that stuff. Yeah, it, right. Okay. It's easier for us in the Zoom setting just to send that one link to everybody, and we know they all have permission to join. Right, right, right. With maybe okay. some caveats that we'll talk about later. But okay. Yeah. But that's that's the number one security feature of, of Google Meet, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we've also got this other option here. Um, when teachers create a nickname for their classroom, so you can mm-hmm. you can either take the user generated uh, number that Google Meet gives you, or you can type in your own one, like Wiley mm-hmm. One or something. Uh, right. Students cannot join before the teacher when uh, you have that uh, code, that nickname code. Um, or rejoin that meeting after the teacher has left. So if you join and you start the meeting, then kids mm-hmm. can start. There's no join right. before host sort of thing okay. where the kids can get in early and mess around. And if, as long as you're the last one to leave, uh, the kids cannot That's come back. That's the caveat, in. right? Well, yes and no. Um, there's a small window of like yes. 30 seconds or so where right. kids can technically jump back into the call. Mm-hmm. But if you're worried about that, then, you know, give it a minute or two and go back in and just double check they're not in there messing around. Right. But, you know. So um, I thought um, when our team was doing this webinar, once again, I am going to talk a little bit. I've referenced this a couple of times. I'm going to talk about it closer to the end of the show. But um, one of the things that I know Lynn and Corey and Beth recommended is that if you feel like kids are hanging out and you're ready to be done, like maybe your kid is crying and it's time for them. You can't hang out. You can within Google Meet, um, like I don't, shove people out of the room. I don't yeah. know. You can. So that's something that you could do if the, if the meeting is over and you're ready to go and kids are kind of hanging out. You can go in and delete them out of the meet conversation and then it's over you can just kick them out yeah for right. sure any participants yeah. yep it's yeah. like it's like those conversations when you're having with people and you say all right well good to talk to you and then they they, they keep talking and they're like yep yeah, well i really got to go now and then they're still talking and right. you that's know, the you, story of my life wiley you need the kick button yeah yeah right right okay um also that that nickname thing works from Google Classroom too. Mm-hmm. So if you right. generate the link inside of the settings of Google Classroom, you can have that one link uh, for your Hangout Meet in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also disable the student's ability to create Meet meetings in the admin console. So you just go into your OU, your organizational unit for uh, the students, and you can turn off can start a Google Meet. Um, and I know there's other tools they could jump into. They could make their own Zooms and Skypes and all the rest if they wanted to, but mm-hmm. it could be at least one way you could have some control over school-supplied tools if you didn't want kids making Google Meets. You can turn that off in the dashboard. Yeah, and from my understanding in there too, you can um, within the admin council, you can also turn off kids' ability to like invite someone else to your classroom chat so they could take the link and share it to someone else outside of the domain kind of like you mentioned like how you get invited to google meet um with other school districts kids can do that too but you can turn that off within the admin council good to know yeah because that could be disastrous (laughs) 
<laughs> that could be, yes. Yes, you never know who you might get. You never know who you might get. That's right. But like you said, you have the ability to mute anybody that joins your meeting or is right. in your meeting and to kick or people out. Yeah. Right. Just click on their name and there's like a little no entry sign. You click on that and they're out. See ya later. All right. All right. What about Zoom? All right. So with Zoom... Um, Zoom has this feature called a waiting room, which allows you to kind of gather your people into the waiting room and check out who is in your waiting room. Make sure that those people are the people that you want, right? Yes. And presuming they're not using a fake name, then yes, you just... uh, A fake name of the person that you know. Exactly. Yes. You can admit them one at a time, or I think you can admit everybody at once. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way to like, before you start your meeting, to kind of join and make sure everybody that's in there um, is in. The other thing that you can do immediately following that is you can lock your meeting so that no one else can enter. So if you gather all of your people into your waiting room, kind of checked, yep, everybody's here. Then after you let everybody in, you can lock that puppy up and then no one gets in. Yes. And we'll put a link to that on, on yeah. how to do these. We've got a bunch of links here for the show notes. But yeah, it's in your Zoom settings or when you're setting up your meeting. That's a great way just to prevent some zoom bombing right there yeah right that should take care of everything those two things should Mm -hmm. take care of almost everything if not everything um the other thing that you can do is have meeting passwords um and i know like tate's teacher has the same password every time so and i don't i don't know that i knew this because i don't necessarily use meeting passwords or don't haven't had to use them um so you must be able to set your your classes password um, so his password is the same every time. He has different Zoom links for his two meetings each day. Um, but his password is the same for both of those, which is really good, I think, especially for younger kids, that he just knows what that is now and he just types it in. Easy peasy. Good. Yep. And it's just yeah. another another layer of security you can have on right. there if you right. need it. Yep. Um, but the other thing to know, too, is that Zoom will generate a password for each meeting, too, so you can pass on that. It's like a nine-digit code or something. It's yeah. super secure. <laughs> There's no it, guessing that password. <laughs> and it just puts it in the meeting invite alongside the link yes. and how to join and all the rest. It says meeting password underneath. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's this require registration? I'm not sure I know this one. What's this? So I don't know if you would use this one so much for kids or not, but you could. Okay. It's the option to have people sign up in order to have access to oh. your Zoom meeting. So they'd have to have an account, you mean? Uh, They don't need an account. They just need to go to um, a website and put in their name and their email address. And then it will send them the link to the Zoom call. And then you know, I guess, ahead of time who's going to show up and who's not going to show up. And they automatically um, get a link to the thing. So it's perhaps more useful for things like webinars. But maybe if you wanted to do it for like um, office hours or something and you told the kids sign up for office hours and then you would know Mm -hmm. if anybody's going to show up or not because I've talked to teachers that are like yeah I sat on office hour the other day and I was just me on the zoom with me (laughs) I didn't know if anyone was coming or not but um, yeah yeah registration could work for that one I mean would it be simpler though to like in a google form have kids sign up and then once they've signed up the like in your 
I don't know, the end response, whatever that thing is at the end. Yeah. You could have your link in there. Would that be simpler than, you know, for your students maybe? Yeah, it could be. You could do it that yeah. way too. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can also disable screen sharing and disable private chats. Yes. Um, as the host, um, I have this option. I don't think you will have it on your end today, Mindy, but oh, there's a little okay. there's a little arrow next to the screen share button. Then yeah. if you click that, it says who can share only the host or all participants. And um, it also says who can start sharing when someone else is sharing. Yeah. Only the host or all participants. So I can choose that on there. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it open in case you feel like you need to share something with me today, Mindy. But uh, I don't. I won't look it up. Yeah, those, <laughs> and those private chats, um, if you don't want kids talking back and forward to each other, mm-hmm. you know, inside of Zoom, you've got the option to chat to everyone or right. to choose select people from the list. So right. you can My turn favorite, off yes. that one and have those back channel conversations. What is this person talking about? Yeah, yeah. you know, I did see this and I wish I, I should have clicked on it because I was super curious um, and also made me slightly nervous is that um, this was just the title of the article. Like I said, I didn't read it. Was um, if you, uh, someone was horrified because the host could read the private chat. Oh, really? I did not <laughs> Do you know, know that. that's true? Don't I don't know, know if that's, that's true. true. I was like, I need to look into that. I can seriously get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Is that well, a thing? Oh, no. <laughs> I hope not. I'm not going to use private <laughs> chat anymore. It's <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to look into that. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, okay. You can also manage your participants. So this is one of the things I always have, um, I have set up on mine right now. And I feel like... Um, I've gone into chats that people maybe have this turned on, but I don't know. I need to go and look at my settings. I always have it so that when people come into my um, my Zoom call, they're always muted immediately. I like that because um, I feel like it's just it's just good practice. I think so. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like there's somebody who has it so that the video is off when you come in. Mm. That is an that? option. Is I it an option? Yeah. I haven't seen that in, I've yeah. been in a call like that, but yeah, that is an option for sure. Which isn't a terrible security thing either. So like if mm-hmm. you were to miss somebody, instead of having them come in sharing video immediately, you know, you could maybe boot somebody before they turn their video on. I don't know, but it's just something else. What else? Oh, you know, this is one thing that I think that Zoom did change is that the um, in the in the Zoom call, the Zoom ID used to be at the top of the window. Yes. And that's not there anymore. And that was a security feature that they added, right? Because um, if you have the Zoom ID, you could share it with people or people were sharing webinars or something like that. And so mm-hmm. they're putting it and you can hop in. And so that was, I think that's been turned off. And I, um, and I think related to that, I used to use what was called the personal meeting id i used to set all my zoom meetings so that they were the same number as my phone number at grant wood and i thought oh "Oh, that'd be really easy for people to remember but every so often i'd get an email like your participants are waiting and i'm like what huh (laughs) i'm not having a zoom meeting but if that link was somewhere and someone clicked on it they jump into my zoom call because it's the same it's the same link every time. So I disabled that personal meeting ID because, um, yeah, security. 
Yeah, and I feel like they're kind because of, that was I know we have people of agency who've done that too. Like they always just share that same personal ID and people just hop in. But I know they're saying that, especially at this time with so many people using Zoom, that it's probably not best practice anymore. All right. Anything else you can think of? Do we nail it? I think we got all the security things, that's for sure. Okay. Okay. So, best practice. Quick run through. Best practice ideas for video meetings because we video meet all the time. What do you think are best practices? I'm going to start by saying be careful where you're sharing your links, sure. especially yeah. if you're not completely up to speed on all those security features. Right. Um, right. right. Don't tweet out the link to your Zoom call and say, mm-hmm. here's where we're meeting next week. Or even yeah. if it's on a public website or something yeah. like that, you never know who's going to come across this stuff. So put it somewhere like in Google Classroom. If you want to email it to your students, you know, somewhere a little bit less public than social yeah. media or public websites. Yeah, put it behind a wall somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, Zoom fatigue. I feel this in my bones. Um, Just be very conscious of how long your Zoom meetings are and don't make them longer than they need to be. And in fact, try to make them shorter than they should be. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Whatever you're imagining, take 15 minutes off, right? I know because... (sighs) I, it's one of those things I think we all felt like, uh, maybe it's just me sort of thing. But yeah. I read this article recently on the BBC where they talked to this doctor and they said, it is actually harder on your mental being and yourself yeah. to have video chats than it is compared to face-to-face chats. Right. You are, you know, you miss some of those um, cues that you get in person. Right. You are constantly trying to, you know mishear somebody or listening extra careful or you're concentrating you feel like you should be looking at that person the whole time Mm -hmm. there are definitely some things that make your body more fatigued and stressed so maybe that meeting if you were face to face in the same room would take an hour but if you're doing it on zoom maybe it should not take an hour so (laughs) yeah i would definitely like come into any zoom meeting with some sort of plan of what you're going to talk about or what you're going to do for certain don't go in with just like this like overview be be very detailed in your planning yeah and i I was at one um a school district the other day where the administrator had done exactly that and so shout out to jason at central city um he had everything laid out for what they were going to talk about you could see the agenda where everybody was going but what i also liked was he he worked in breaks and he said okay Mm -hmm. so we're going to take a break here everyone's going to turn off their video and their mics go Take care of what you need to take care of. Yeah, Come back right. in 15 minutes. And when everybody's videos back on, I'll know you're back and ready to continue sort of thing. Yeah, so sure. Right. Working those breaks as well. It's it's kind of that mental thing that I think people need to know. It's there. It's coming. It's something. I can get sure. a break here soon. Yeah. And I would even say, um, especially for younger kids, like if if you're getting to a point where you feel like your kids need a break, then you just need to be done. <laughs> yeah. Just just mm-hmm. call it quits, um, especially for younger kids. I just feel like I know there's some Zoom fatigue going on in this home with more than just myself. So 
Yeah, and that was a question someone asked me the other day. It's like, how long should a synchronous meeting be for kids? And it's like, well, you know, yeah. that's going to vary depending on the age of the kids you have. But, yeah. you know, the younger they are, the shorter it should be. And I'm not yeah, saying right. the older they are, the longer it should be. But, right. you know, there's always going to be a point where, you know, it's just going to be, all right, we're done here. you got to gauge, yeah. gauge the room, feel the room, see what the energy is like and the interactions you're getting from your from your meeting. Yeah. Um, and I think, so I know you have this link on here. So Chrissy Van Asdale, who um, we is a friend of the digital learning team, has shared recently just some tips with um, how to kind of run a meeting with your students. And I um, actually, um, Annie's teacher, I think, does this really well. The other day, they have like these short little, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they have these, these short little Zoom meetings. And it's always... Um, I think like a steam or stem sort of activity. So I happened to be down in the basement the other day when she was um, working and I know her teacher had a timer going uh, and I don't know the specific details cause I didn't want to interrupt, but she had a timer going on the zoom call that was playing like just quiet music. And Annie was just like furiously writing. <laughs> like she yeah. was, you could see she was really in the zone. Um, and I think maybe that could be something that's missing too, is how are your students engaged being engaged, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting listening to you talk or listening to, you know, a classmate talk is not really that engaging. It's engaging for the person who's talking, right? So um, Annie was furiously writing and then the timer came, you know, turned off. And then she said, okay, now who wants to share what they've – and I feel like they were just doing like some sort of like brainstorming practice activity, Um And then the kids had something to talk about. And I think that's something else that's important, especially I feel like this in our jobs is it's important to give people something to talk about. A lot of times in Zoom calls, everybody's kind of looking at each other and nobody wants to talk because there is Zoom fatigue. If you have something to talk about or you give people the opportunity to create something or share their ideas, um, I think it's much more engaging for your people. And I think that that was really exciting for me to see that Zoom was being used in kind of this creative, productive way for, you know, a second grader. Yeah. And even, you know, that interactivity part is important, I think. I mean, yeah, I've been on calls where, you know, people are like, okay, so who agrees with that? Who's got any thoughts? And then right. everybody's like staring at the screen and yeah. it's like, well, or, or, or like three people try and start talking at once or yeah you know. right so inside of zoom they have this polling feature which i yeah, always right, forget right. about so you can just yeah. create a quick poll and have everybody yep. vote on it you know there's there's no reason why you can't throw in an odd kahoot or a quizzes or something yeah, like that right. in the middle mm-hmm. of your meeting just yeah. mix it up a little bit do a screen yeah. share so they can see the questions or whatever on yep. there too um zoom also has these breakout rooms which right uh we have a facebook live uh on later this week so friday is it friday i think friday i think it's friday maybe a little foreshadowing for the facebook lives we're going to talk about here but breakout rooms allow you to split up your students into smaller groups where they can Mm -hmm. work on something collaboratively and you as the teacher can jump in and out of those breakout rooms and and hear what's going on there too Mm -hmm. yep um and then Oh, and so to piggyback a little bit off of what you said about when everyone's kind of staring at the, you know, screen because you're asking for a response and there's, you know, 20 people on the call. Um, Kelly Robertson just recently shared um, a link to a drive folder that has two docs in it. And they were created by the Autism Level Up team. 
And first of all, it's in social narrative format. And one of them, one of those docs is about Google Meet and um, the how and why of the different features of Google Meet. The other one, though, that I think is important to establish with your class are some nonverbal responses that you can give. So, um, you know, if I do a thumbs up, it means I agree. If I do like moose ears, it means you need to slow down or something like that um, so that you don't have to have everybody chime in and everybody feels like they can do some, you know, they can interact without everybody having to turn their microphone on. So establishing some of those for your students, I think, is a really good idea um, because although Zoom does have some of those, like they have the thumbs up and they have like the clapping sound or whatever, is not quite the same as really showing your response yeah you're talking about a physical gesture that people can show to the webcam and and let people see yeah yeah um and then one last tip that i guess we didn't mention um that i do feel like google meet has over zoom is that just like with google slides when you turn on those captions google meet has that too so it'll generate those captions just like it does in google slides and i think that is a really powerful feature that i wish zoom had because zoom just you have to like live type them which is i mean i would imagine pretty impossible um but having those generated for kids is is a pretty powerful thing i think it's a great accommodation where you know they can they can read you know what's been said and it's very accurate for the most part not 100 percent accurate but um a great option for all learners because you never know what you know the the environment is like where these kids are it could be noisy it could be there's little brothers and sisters running around and it just helps them make sure that they didn't miss anything from the conversation absolutely up next tech nuggets nuggety the nuggety nuggety techie nuggets tech nuggets all right what do you got you got um, all kinds of what do you got going on here what's this list I got some Mac nuggets this week. Okay. I'm a little short on regular nuggets, so I dug into Mac nuggets this week. Okay. Uh, First one, as you know, you can do screen recording inside of QuickTime. Yes, I did know that. So you can open QuickTime and you can go to File, New Screen Recording. And Mm -hmm. that's something we're exploring with some schools because, um, I don't know, not everybody has a reliable internet connection at home to do things like Screencastify or all that kind of stuff. This is Mm -hmm. a tool that is built into every Mac. Everybody can use it and it's free. Mm -hmm. However, uh, one of the... I don't know, limitations that some people have come across is that they like to have that little webcam window appear in the corner of the screen like you do in Screencastify and things like that too. QuickTime doesn't have that as a native option. Or Mm -hmm. so I thought until I saw a little uh, video from Paul Hamilton on Twitter recently. So what you do is you open QuickTime and you go to File, New Movie Recording, Yes. And what that does is it opens up that big webcam view of your face, basically. And that's well, the one where you're, like, talking to the camera. Everyone wants to see. Yep. So, you, But you don't press record on that. What you do is you resize oh. that window and sure. you push it off into the corner of your screen, wherever you want that to be. Mm-hmm. And then in the taskbar, the toolbar at the top, you go to view and you select float on top. Yep. So that webcam view of you will always be on top of every window that you bring up on your screen. Okay. And you just leave it there. And then you go back to QuickTime and you go to File, New Screen Recording. And then you do a screen recording. And because you're 
movie recording window is up there in the corner, it will be like a picture-in-picture webcam view of you during your screen recording. Nice. So. I like it. There you go. Just an extra little bonus tip on screen recording inside of QuickTime. Okay. Um, So this was new to me. I had not even heard of this tool. I opened up the Twitters today, and you know I don't like to go on there. I I don't like to be on the Twitters, um, especially right now. I don't want to be on the Twitters. But I did see Richard Byrne share this tool called VoicePods. Have we talked about this ever in our lives? Do you know this? I do not know what this one is. Okay, so this was new to me. He was sharing updates to VoicePods, so we clearly are behind the time. But I guess we are. Um, VoicePods is a um, extension, a tool that you add to create a recording of any text on a web page. So it takes the text and creates a voice recording um, from a website. Website. The interesting part of this, because to me, I was like, eh, okay, we've got tools that do that. So the interesting thing about this to me is that you can save that recording, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So you can highlight the text. You can save the recording that it generates, the speech that it generates. Okay. It also will translate it into 10 different languages. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. The other thing is, is and I feel like this is another feature... Um, But because I don't know much about the tool, I was like, okay, this is new. I don't know. It has a read-along part. And so you take the text and you plop it into the voice pod instead. And you can choose where the emphasis goes on the sentence. Wow. Yeah, I know. And so I, it's, it's completely free. Um, you do have to create an account. So you, it's just not a tool that you can just go and use. You have to create an account, but it's called voice pods. And I kind of thought, This is interesting, especially right now, if we're trying to um, create better access for our students, that this might be a way to um, generate some um, audio recordings of text that we might be sharing. So it is computer generated, you know, so it does have that kind of computery sound, but you can choose the person that speaks to you. so I don't know. It might be a tool worth looking at. So here's what I would just give you by way of an update, because I was looking at it in a new okay. tab here. Yeah. It is free right now during oh, COVID-19. Sure it is. They say for the next three months on there. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely. That's a really interesting tool, I think, for yeah. accessibility and additional learning options. I mm-hmm. I want to try this out now. Yeah, I want to play with it some more too. But I so I did link um, Richard's video to explain those new things on there. So if you're curious about it, um, you can definitely take a look, see what you think. That is a shiny nugget, Mindy. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a fun one. All right, so like I said, I'm sticking with uh, Mac nuggets uh, this week. Hitting it out of the park, you betcha. I thought I'd share some uh, keyboard shortcuts that I, I okay. use quite a lot here just to okay. uh, throw those in there. So I apologize to Windows users or Chromebook users out there. These will mean nothing to you, but <laughs> for the next two minutes, I'm going to share a couple of uh, Max keyboard shortcuts. Uh, Command Space is one I probably use the most of anything. It opens the Spotlight search window, and you can okay. search for any app or any file. You can actually do like uh, calculations in there. 
So if you want oh. to do like 123 oh. times two, just type that into the spotlight search and, you know, a versatile little tool that. that thing is in there. Okay. Uh, control command space. We have done this one before. This is our emoji keyboard that we yep. love so much. Uh, it basically is the same as what you'll find on an iPhone or an iPad. Mm-hmm. The old command tab is one I sometimes forget about, but it's a way that you can quickly switch between apps that you have open on your device. And if you do command tab and you keep pressing the tab button, you hold down command, you can select the different ones. If you do command tilde, you go backwards. Command tilde. Nobody knows what command tilde is. What the heck is that? The tilde button is the one above your tab button. The one above, that's the tilde button? Yeah, that little squiggly wave thing. You're making that up. That's not even a thing. That's what it's called? Oh my gosh. Okay. And I'll give you one more tip on that command tab thing. If you command, if you command tab over an app that you want to close and then you hit Q and then the app quits. Oh, nice. Okay. So there you go. Nice. Uh, two more. We got com- right. Command Shift 5 on the newer Mac OS is the uh-huh. super duper capture tool. It will mm-hmm. let you do screenshots or screen recordings all from that one tool. Yep. And last but not least is a super easy one to remember. If you just select a file on your desktop and you press the space bar, you will get an instant preview of that file. It will make it go large on your screen and you can look nice. at it and go, oh, there's that picture I was looking for. How large are we talking? Like full screen? Try it right now. Oh, I, I don't want to lose any of my stuff. Okay, so I have to go to my desktop. Select a file or in, it oh. works in Finder too. Everything. Okay, select a file. Got it. And then hit space, space bar. Oh, nice. Okay. Space will close it again, and then you can just, just click on the next one. It opens it preview. Yep. Got it. Okay. Gives you like a little look. And if it's a video, it will start playing. If it's an oh. audio, it will start playing. If oh, it's like a okay. Word Good document, you'll get a preview. So, right. yeah. Nice. There you go. It's called Quick Look. Okay. Um. So, I have, well, I have actually three more things. I'm going to be super oh, fast. Wow. Okay. One of them is, I came across this today, Google Classroom Tutorials in Multiple Languages on YouTube. What kind of languages are we, like? Um, I saw, I don't know, geez. I saw French. Right. It's going to start playing in my headphones when I, oh, maybe not. Portuguese, oh, Russian, yeah. oh, Spanish, yeah. Chinese, Haitian, Korean, Urdu. I don't know what that is. Um, So, different languages. And it's Google Classroom. It's a student tutorial in multiple languages. So you just choose which video you want in the language that you want, and you can share it that way. That fits really well with your voice pods, I have to say. You're on a theme here. I'm on a Mac theme, and you're on a foreign language theme. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, And then this is a super simple one. This came from Lindsay Tobe. I think that's how you say her last name. I did not know this. In your Bitmoji um, extension, Chrome extension, or app, I suppose. I don't know. I don't necessarily go into the app very often. But if you just, in your Bitmoji search, write the word pose, Mm -hmm. it will give you your Bitmoji without the words. Oh, right. So, like a hey, or uh, but no words. So, it, it will strike a pose. It will strike a pose. Because normally when you type a word in there, it gives you like yes. a, 
And you put hello, and it puts your Bitmoji with hello above it or something. Right, right. Yes. So if you just type pose, it's just you, which is kind of nice. We use this a lot. We put our Bitmojis together, and then I always feel like I have to crop out or try and crop out different words so that it's just my Bitmoji and not like a text message of some sort. Um, so I was like, oh, this would be super helpful for our team as we're always using our Bitmojis and kind of putting them together to make like a smaller image or something like that. I just did it. Okay. And actually, it gives you poses, but it also gives you ones with the word pose over the pose. top. Pose. Yeah, yes. it does. Well, that's a new Bitmoji thing, too, is yeah. if you type in a phrase or something like that, it will put it into specific different things so that you can make your own message. So there's one of me doing star jumps here, one of me pointing, oh. one of me floating through the air with love hearts. Um, Aww. One of me just lying on the ground wailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems appropriate. I guess. Okay, so that was my two. And then my last one is um, shameless self-promotion. So our team is um, on Facebook Live. We have been doing Facebook Live videos on different tools that we think might be helpful um, so we talked, I believe we talked about this, right? When we did our continuous learning, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, I kept referencing our team's Facebook live for zoom. We also have one for meet. Our team has created one pagers, although I looked at them and they were not one page, one pager for zoom and a one pager for meet. Um, so if you're needing getting started or resources or links or things like that, we do have, um, some resources that we have put together and we will continue to do this online outreach, um, for the foreseeable future. I'm not sure that we'll maybe continue doing it every single day, but you can definitely join us on Facebook. Um, and we'd love to have you join our conversation. We've really enjoyed having, um, some online conversations and some question and answer um, sessions for people that, you know, our audience and our teachers and things like that. It's been really beneficial, I think, for lots of people. So come join us there. Yeah, come and look for us on the Facebooks. Uh, if you search for a digital learning team at Grantwood AEA, you'll find us there. You can see all our previous recordings on there, too. We've also yep. put them on YouTube. Is that right? Our yes, YouTube channel? Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And we can put in that doc where all of that stuff is kind of housed in our show notes. I linked it onto our notes here too. So some just in time learning for people. Right. And they're all right. like half an hour or less, aren't they? Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. All right. Wow. It's been a, a packed episode today. We've had yes, a lot right. to talk about. Yes, for sure. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yes. All right, so if you uh, want to follow us on Twitter, uh, I am at Jonathan Wiley. Mindy is at Team Carney. Her team account is at DLGWAEA. We will probably be back for another one before we quit for the summer, or maybe another two. Let's see. I don't know. If you have suggestions, we are all ears on what yeah, you would like sure. to hear. Um, or any feedback or ideas you have, um, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.